With Lucky Landslots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. Dearly beloved, we are gathered here today to... Has anyone seen the bride and groom? Sorry, sorry, we're here. We were getting lucky in the limo and we lost track of time. No, Lucky Land Casino, with cash prizes that add up quicker than a guest registry. In that case, I pronounce you lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. Daily bonuses are waiting. No purchase necessary. Void were prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Blog Talk Radio. Good morning, everybody. This is Truth Light, and I am back. I played hooky the last few days of last week. I just kind of, you know, talking for a whole hour by myself sometimes gets a little difficult. So... <laughs> I just kind of ran out of things to say. I don't know. And so I wasn't here for the last couple of days. I really encourage you guys to uh, message me with topics that you might like to have and and that kind of thing because I can, you know, either talk about intelligently just about anything or I know somebody who can. So um, it helps if you guys let me know what you all want to hear about because otherwise it gets a little difficult figuring out what everybody wants to hear about and and talking for an hour by myself, and which is why we are very happy to um, welcome our guest today. Robert Bowerly is with us again. You guys love when he comes on the show, it seems. And so Robert is joining us again today. And uh, the last time he was going to be with us, we had some technical issues. So we're hoping for the best today. So I'm going to go ahead and pull Robert over and we are going to shine the light of truth on how manipulation is kind of playing a part in our world today. And, and Robert has some really nifty insights on this. So Robert, hi, are you with us? Hey, Terry, how are you doing? I'm good. How are you? I'm excellent this morning. I am. I'll tell you what, I drove today into Sedona. I left my house in Flag about 6 o'clock, and so I was hitting Sedona, driving down through the mountains, and, and when you come down this certain way, you see like all the, all the mountains of Sedona in the distance, and so the sunrise was coming up over the mountains, and the, the golden sunlight coming up over the red rocks was amazing, and so I hit Sedona mm-hmm. just in time for sunrise. It was the most amazing thing. I'm so pumped today. <laughs> I should start every day that way. That was amazing. So so you made it this time. I'm super glad. We were going to do this before, and so I kind of tried to do a show on manipulation. It came out good, but it was nothing like what we had talked about with your insights. So I'm glad you can be with us. And, I'm glad um, to be here. So, so tell us a little bit about what what your – ideas are for the show, like what we're going to be talking about, so people kind of have an idea, so they know to stay tuned and all of that. Um, okay. Go ahead. Yeah. Uh, well, we've talked about this, uh, you and I, many times and over the years, and <laughs> so I'm putting my ideas together, hopefully to get them out in a more organized way. Um, and manipulation is... Yeah, well, let me just say that the title of what I'm kind of giving this is Manipulation 101, and the subtitle is Gotcha, Are You Being Played? <laughs> nice. And it's like if you're being played, are you, uh, how are you being played? Being played by what? Being played by who, when, where, and why motives. So we're going to take a look at that. And nice. manipulation, another way of talking about it would be pressures and influences on us. And we're going to look at different ways, we're going to talk about different ways that that might come at us. Because it could come at us uh, as pressure or influence from outside of us, or it could be pressures and influence from inside of us, inner or outer. We'll talk about that um, in just a moment. Another uh, way, another avenue like that, so the main avenues, inner and outer. Another one is uh, conscious or unconscious, things we're really aware of and things or that we're, we're aware of doing as we, as we manipulate sometimes, and uh, things that we're not aware of, as well as third uh, avenue you could really take a look at is positive or negative, or rather you could say it as benevolent or malevolent. And that's that's a big topic uh, sometimes. Um, back to some of like the the basics. 
one thing I wrote down here was that it was like the pressure of influence on us to push or act you know, push or act in a certain way that the manipulator or the manipulating force you know wants because it's in their best interests, whether or not it's in our best interests or not. And so uh, this is kind of happening all around us, right? Oh yeah, it's happening. Uh, you can say it's happening. Well, like you say, in the big scheme of things, you can say it's happening around in governments and finances, and then around in businesses to some degree. And, and with advertising, you can see a lot of. I was it. just going to uh, say the advertising. The whole. I remember when uh, big way. when when Checkers had that ad campaign. You got to eat. And that just struck me as so, – and they would play that commercial over and over and over and over, like like seriously, so many times it was absurd. And, and it was just that brainwashing and that manipulation. And, you know, so it know it really is planting, just all around us. They call it planting anchors. That they right. Need to pull on. And it could be in – you know, that's that's not malevolent. That's, you know, they're, they're selling a product that people are, you know, might want anyway. And it's uh, well, I don't know about like with that. Well, you know, well, you really are programming them. You got to eat, and they're playing this commercial. You know, how many times an hour? Literally, like just a bombarding oh, of it. You know, so I guess what I'm saying. I understand. I guess what I'm saying is that's not one I would be really overly concerned about. It would be more, you know, if somebody is talking about victimization, and we should go out and get these other people. Then right. I would be more concerned. <laughs> well, Whether or not yeah. I'm going to go get a hamburger or not, eh, you know. One, well, one factor in here yeah. is that we have free will. And the only trick is is it, it's <laughs> we can't really hook in our free will to make the decision on it unless we're aware of the, the uh, manipulation, the pressure on us. And that's a big <laughs> thing there of being aware or being unaware. When we're unaware, that's open to being pushed in one way or another. And you could say that the people who are doing the manipulation have different tools or tells. Now, tools we understand a tell is a word used by magicians. What they or you know people who are verbal manipulators they they look for tells. They look for indications in the person's face or body language. There's a movie that just came out that's quite interesting called uh, Now You See Me, and it's about some magicians that are pulled together into a team and. They do certain things, and one of them is a mentalist, and he works with tells on people's faces, and he's a, he's a verbal manipulator, and he's really good at it. And you can see some of the things he does, and he even, they even talk about it in the film. But there's those kinds of tells when somebody realizes that we're not aware. Somebody wants to manipulate somebody else, and they look around for the tell of where they are really unaware or they're really deeply lost in their emotions and certain emotions, they know that that's an open door to walk through. Uh, that's one uh, point of, like, a tool of awareness or discernment for us who are, you know, receiving that pressure is to always remember that if we're not aware of it, if we're looking at our emotions. Oftentimes we, we have our, our emotions like our programmed reactions to life. And they can be very positive, but they can also be so unconscious in their nature because we have them so unconsciously programmed that we just respond. And if people know that, they can work with whole masses of people or groups of people or an individual through those open doors of their emotions. It could be fear for themselves or fear of what you know, they might be doing to somebody else. It could be, uh, it could be a lot of things. It could be uh, guilt. It could be anger. Could be a lot of different uh, different types of emotions that we have to watch out for. So is for. this something that happens with religions? Because a lot of times that we, um, a lot of the callers that I get, a lot of clients that I see, <clears throat> are really trying to find the way out of the the rules and regulations that they've been programmed with, and and trying to figure out, you know, isn't there more <laughs> than just what they were taught? But that there's so much ingrained in there as to, you know, like they'll come for a reading or they'll come for a counseling and they'll they'll just ask me, isn't this against my religion? You know, how is this okay? And they they're, you can see in their eyes they're really begging for an understanding, but they've been so um, manipulated, 
you know. And so is that part of of what happens? It's it's not so much that, um, you know, it's the people that I'm talking about, the ones that come and anything besides their church is wrong is kind of the the programming that they've gotten, and they're they're seeking to understand more, but they're almost afraid. So does this, in your opinion, does this happen a lot? And I I I think I know the answer, but does this happen a lot with religions, and and how does that affect people? Because you've worked as a spiritual counselor. Robert was one of my teachers way back in the day, and I wouldn't be here without Robert. I wouldn't be doing what I'm doing without Robert. And um, so I know that you've interacted with a lot of people through the years who have been overcoming those those religious concepts. How does the manipulation, in your opinion, work with that? Are you Are you good with talking about that today? Sure. Because uh, I think all, that's really about... that's really a predominant thing with our with our callers and listeners. Okay, let's let's talk about one thing. Let's talk about here's the difference between manipulation and influence. Uh, as an instructor, as a teacher, as a way shower, we are passing on things. We're consciously telling people, here's an influence that might help you to do better in a certain area of your life. So as an instructor or whatever, you know, you wound up getting from me, those are things I was, you know, in the way I do it. You know, I try to consciously pass those things on. So it respects somebody's free will to make their own decision as to where they're going to use it and how they're going to use it in their lives, if they're going to use it at all. Manipulation is trying to insert that concept of an influence in there so that the person will do what you want say what you want, when you want, where you want, that type of thing. And so there's a big difference between a positive influence and then the negative influence, which I think we'll call manipulation. And when we have it like in churches, like I grew up in a church, um, but uh, okay, here, here we go. Uh, the first church I went to was one that my, uh, my grandmother uh, put pressure on uh, my mother to take us to. Um, so we went there, and it was a certain Christian church. I won't say exactly which one. Mm-hmm. And the people were nice. We went to Sunday school. This was like before maybe kindergarten or so. And one day, both my sister and I came out crying. And my mother picked us up as they you know, pick up the kids after Sunday school, and then you go up to the main sanctuary, and you have a service and whatever. And uh, we were both crying. And it was something about, you know, if you don't do what we're supposed to do, then, then this is going to happen to you. And he kept pointing to Jesus on the cross. I'm going, oh, my God. I was too little. I didn't know. I was scared. Right. I right. was literally scared. Now, this right. wasn't the minister. This was a lady down there, you know, who it probably meant, on one hand, yes, yeah, she used fear. But she was probably saying that, you know, if you don't use these things, you know, something bad could happen to you. She was maybe trying to do something in a benevolent way, but... It was coming across in a way that really scared the hell out of me. And my mother came to that lady and said, what did you tell my children? And she told them, she said, well, don't you understand that, you know, Jesus' message was all around love and that that's what, you know, the strength of that is what we're trying to teach our children. And, oh, well, and they went up to the, uh, we went then with my, my, my mother up to the sanctuary and we're sitting in like the second or third row. And the minister was a good friend, close friend of my grandmother's. And he was having this whole thing about daughters and daughters not doing what their mothers want and all this stuff. And he was pointing, and he kept pointing right down at my mother. And, you know, I kept looking up at Mommy and said, Mommy, does he know you? <laughs> and after about ten minutes of that, you know, my mother grabbed our little hands. I was just a little kid, and my head went, hand went up in the air, and we stood up, and we scuttled out the other side. Or they, um, we walked out of the church in front of everybody, out the side door, and we never went back. So that was the end of Sunday school, at least in that church. And then my parents sat us down about a year later and said, well, look, we think we ought, it would be good for you to have the experience of, you know, going to a church and seeing what they have to offer. We have that as one of our basic freedoms in this country. I thought it was very big about talking about the freedoms that we have and that he felt, you know, he was defending and he was helping in World War II. And I know I'm getting long-winded, but... So we just said, why don't you go around, we'll find the different churches. You, you go to one, you know, let you try out different churches, different Sunday schools, so you find one you really are comfortable with. We found one. We have friends there. 
other friends of the family were going there. We went there. It was totally different. Uh, it was very positive. And the other church, they didn't play cards. They didn't drink. They didn't, they didn't have any music outside of the, you know, the church music. No dances for the kids. This was totally the opposite. They had dances. They had all kinds of get-togethers. And then also in 7th and 8th grade, we had comparative religion. And we went around and we studied and we went and visited the, the houses of worship of all the different religions represented around the Chicago area, which is about everything there was on the planet. And they said, now it's, a, you know, it's time for you at the end of eighth grade to make a decision if you want to, you know, join the church and become confirmed in the church. And my father said again, you know, you can get confirmed and all that stuff. And what, what do you do with the church or not do after that is up to you. That's your, your decision. And uh, so we got confirmed and went back once in a while, but I, I never really went back. Back to the fact that they respected my free will to make up my own mind and that they presented what they had. It was a different way of looking at it. So not all churches or religions or, you know, aspects of different religions treat it the same way. Some are more spiritual about how they treat it, how they present it to people, and some are more uh, manipulative how they how they try and, you know, push people in a certain way. So and, can we... Uh, I think... Yeah, sure. Can we get to the manipulation part so that people... Because we're, you know, we only have an hour. And so I know oh, that it seems like a lot, I'm but it sorry. really isn't. Oh, goodness. So. Yeah, so the manipulation part is, you know, if somebody using our emotions or, you know, trying to go through our emotions to get to us to, uh, to do what they want, whether or not it works for us. And one of those tools of discernment is something that you and I learn to deal with a lot, and that is working with our true feelings and being aware of the difference between our emotions and our truth. How do you help people understand the difference? Because that's one thing that I find people don't know there's a difference between emotions versus feelings. And so that's Mm. probably a really good one because that is a way to sort of dodge the manipulation bullet is by knowing the difference between the emotions and the feelings, at least in my experience. Well, it's like... Um, true feelings, it's like it comes to us in, you might say, our gut feeling, our first impression. It's like somebody says something or we run up against something in life and our first impression hits us. That's usually where our true feelings hit us first. Our emotions come out of our intellect, they're part of our intellect, they come a little bit long, a little bit farther along. Number two is that our true feelings will, you know, present something to us, kind of like radar, pick something up, and they don't color it with, you know, right, wrong, good, bad, personal likes or dislikes. That's all of our intellect and our emotions. It just presents us with what is. And our emotions take a look at it and put all sorts of value judgments on it, as well as our true feelings don't go round and round and round and round about it. When we get lost in our emotions is when we go round and round and round and then... Right. So those loops that kind of go in our head. And somebody can keep us going around and around the circles that they want us to go in. Either give them money or time or pity for them or one thing or another. And uh, that's something to keep, uh, you know, in mind as a tool of awareness and discernment. So with the, the work that you've done with your spiritual counselings over the years and that kind of thing, what are some of the common themes you've seen of people? Because you, you've seen them through the whole process. When they come in and they mm-hmm. are really sort of attached to those um, concepts or beliefs that they've been taught and it's been ingrained into them whether they chose it or not because that's just kind of what happens sometimes. Um, and then they kind of go through that process of realizing that they have a choice and making their own choices and that kind of thing. What what is a common theme that you've seen with that as far as some of the, the, the manipulation that has taken place on a grand scheme and how people have moved through it? Because I think that's a really, not to, I know you have a lot of insights and everything, but that's just something that's really coming into my mind. Um, okay. Because I know you have a lot of experience with that. One thing is an attitude of live and let live which is, you know, if somebody's doing their thing, they're being who they are, and they're not bothering you, they're not disrespecting anybody else. They look a little different, sound a little different, they worship a little differently, whatever. Uh, it's kind of like 
live and let live, you know, let them be. And where the manipulation usually comes in is, is a, as an attitude, you could say, of my way is the only way. My way is the right way. And a more spiritual way of looking at it is that everybody has their own free will to decide for themselves, so live and let live. And my true feelings have that attitude of live and let live that's kind of in, that's natural in it, whereas my emotions or my intellect can be programmed to that. And that's what people in many religions are taught to push on and, you know, get the people through. And so you see a lot of personal likes and dislikes. You see, then you see people in the same religion who don't have that in another congregation or under another leader, and they don't, you know, like judge or, you know, go against, uh, you know, like, well, judge other people uh, for any reason. And I've seen that with some of my Muslim friends, and it's been like from one extreme to the other. And uh, because we only see the, the negative ones that show up on the news, um, unfortunately. But uh, so manipulation, I don't know, it's, it's so garden variety, it's so all over the place. It's in the big scale like you're talking about, and it's in our families, and it's also inwardly and how we manipulate ourselves without even really knowing it. It's unconscious, we're unaware of it because it's the ideas, the concepts that we took on as children. And we took them on, and maybe they were given to us by our parents or the people close around us. And we keep following those until we become aware of the fact they don't work anymore. And there's a lot of pressure from it not working. There's a need to pull back and say, what isn't working? Okay, this isn't working in this concept. What can I replace that with that works better and works differently? And when somebody's willing to take a look at that, then they're willing to take uh, the steps out of being manipulated by their concepts. If they're not willing to look at that, no, no, all these concepts are, you know, just what they should be, nothing's any, any different, we can't, can't change anything, then they're not going to step away from that manipulation. It has to be that somebody is ready to make a change and pull away from it. Uh, or else, you know, or else no change will happen, you know. Fairly simple, fairly straightforward. So, um, when when you would have people come to you in counselings, because I, I mm-hmm. see the same thing over and over, and I know you saw it as well, and so um, when people would come for the counselings that you did, especially the initial counselings and that kind of thing and the classes and all of that, if they were, like I know I was in classes with people who were of different religions. I mean, there were, because, mm-hmm. you know, the stuff you taught was really just, I kind of look at it as... Um, as like condiments, you know, like you you still kept whatever your core belief was, and then this just kind of added to it somehow or clarified things somehow, and it I didn't mm-hmm. really see it shifting, like trying to shift people's beliefs necessarily. And so we would have classes. I remember once there was like Catholic and and a like a what do you call it kosher? What what was what was Bill? He was, he was what was he something? Yeah, I know, but it oh, was like was, that uh, really Jewish. Of, yeah. Oh, he was, <laughs> I guess there was Orthodox. Uh, That's it, Orthodox, yeah. And yeah. so, and we had like just all kinds of different people from all different backgrounds in the same class getting a lot mm-hmm. of the same stuff, and nobody had to give yeah. up their beliefs or their concepts. But when you have people come to you at first, when they would go through those first couple of classes or first couple of counselings, that struggle, I know there was a struggle there. And so what was that struggle that you saw? Because that's what a lot of people are going through right now, and I'm, I'm hoping that you can somehow touch on that for them. Like, what was the struggle that you saw and the release, what was the trigger of release, basically? You know what I'm saying? Mm-hmm. I think, you know, one thing that we would go through, like in the classes, would just come out, but is the fact that, you know, spirituality uh, no one religion has a corner on it. It's like, which came first, spirituality in the spiritual dimension or religion? Kind of like, which came first, the chicken or the egg, you know? You can argue about that, but from my, my experience, it's like spirituality in the spiritual dimension was already there. And religion is man's attempt uh, at one point, you know, to give it some form, some understanding. And then they added their cultural... 
uh, you know, pros and cons, positives and negatives into it because they thought that those were reflective of what they thought, felt that spirit or God, you know, um, was doing or would want. Where it differs is when some people believe it's that uh, God or their main prophet or whatever is wagging their finger at them and judging them and saying you can only do it a certain way and everybody who doesn't do it this way is evil and going to hell and, and uh, things of that nature. And the point is is that heaven and hell, we live those right here, right now. Uh, obviously, <laughs> when we pass on, we just take our consciousness of that with us because that's all we take with us when we pass on is just our, what we're consciously aware of, what they call your state of consciousness. And everybody has that. And so we all are in that same physical dimension. We have that, you know, physical body, and we are aware of the fact that there's a spiritual dimension. And it's not just that certain people can look into it and touch into it. It's that they overlap. But the more that you get into it and learn to work with your spiritual guides and all that, we begin to see that they don't just overlap, they intertwine beautifully. And um, it's all about being able to live a better and better life. And that there are some things that have been taught by, could be religions or different families, beliefs or whatever, to try and help you to live a better life. And then some people then get dictatorial with it, dogmatic, and say that this way is the only way. When there are other ways to live that same kind of, you know, building a better life and, you know, understanding that what we put out, we get back. They call it the law of attraction, but it's what you put out has, you know, we, we put out in life outflow, inflows some sort of return to us, no matter what we do. And uh, it's learning that those main concepts are really powerful in everyday life, and all religions have those in common. So what we talked about were basic, you know, concepts and understandings of spirituality. And uh, it was there in all the different religions. When I talked to some of the Muslims I know after 2001. I talked about those basic concepts. They're going, yeah, 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 they get it, you know. Of course, I'm not talking to people who are extremists because they wouldn't be here in the United States. <laughs> but these are people I work with. And they, they get it. They just see it in their own way. Some of them do believe that, well, really it's better to do it our way. And all I can do is say, well, you understand that we both see the same kinds of concepts, so I'll do it in my way and you do it in a way that works for you and the way I do works for me. But we both live with that concept of live and let live. We both live with that concept of what we put out, we get back. So we only want to put out what we want back. You know, we want to put out positive things, healing things, hopefully, so that that's what we get back in return because we put out the malevolence eventually. That comes back to us. And just understanding those things as basic spiritual concepts and it's those kinds of basic spiritual, you know, I think the ground, ground floor of spirituality that, that draws all those religions together eventually. Now, there are people who are just at a point where they cannot, they're not willing to release and get beyond the dogmatic side of things. And it's, you know, the level of where they're at, and if they're not ready to get beyond it, then they're not. Maybe they'll come back later for more. I've had that, too, in, some, in counselings where somebody, you know, got up and said, you know, it isn't, you know, what's right, and God says this, and God says that. Well, is that what you learned in your church or your house of worship? Well, that's fine. You know, these basic concepts. Yeah, 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 but you've got to say it this way, with these words and all that stuff. <laughs> I had a couple of people, you know, walk out on me that way. But I realized, you know, where they're at, where they're, at they're not going to go off and do a harm to other people, but they are going to be judgmental of other people who don't think like they do. And there's just going to be a lot of that until people, you know, until each person as a soul evolves or grows to the point of realizing that they can live and let live, that it's all right to let other people be different, but we're all basically souls kind of like moving roughly in the same direction. And uh, I don't know. I, I guess I'm going off on tangents here, but <laughs> that's kind of what I'm talking about, is that all in the basic foundational you know, pieces of the understanding of how spirituality works in everyday life and how we live it 
is there in all those different religions. I can see it in the words of, of Jesus. I can see it somewhat in the Quran. Uh, I've heard it from Buddhism. It's just that they apply it differently, and they have different uh, ways and different uh, techniques or different, uh, what would you say, uh, well, different, different ways of being able to think about it and communicate it. But it, when it comes down to the whole thing of our way or my way is the only way, is the only way to see it and everybody else is evil, that's a manipulation right there. Right. That keeps people really, you know, in their little pocket, you know. That keeps them under the, uh, you could say the spell, or under the, the influence of something or some group that's manipulating them because they get a lot of power out of that. Because the people usually at the top of that food chain understand that they're keeping people, numbers of people there. Uh, I've seen that uh, as well. And it's almost a political thing or monetary or whatever to keep people coming in and paying money or, you know, to keep things alive or keep the, the numbers growing and all that. Uh, there are some people who believe that it's there, that God has told them that their version of spirituality, their, their religion or their version of that religion is meant to take over the entire world, is meant to be forced upon everybody. And that it's okay and it's a good thing to just eliminate everybody who doesn't agree with you because then you'll have world peace. If everybody who doesn't agree with you is eliminated, well, then you'll have world peace. Isn't that wonderful? I've heard and that. And that might be a little bit of a manipulation, you think? Thermonuclear. <laughs> so I know I kind I of that. derailed yeah, you clear. from where you were headed, but I just really wanted you to touch on that because I know it's something that comes mm-hmm. up a lot. So. Um, yeah. So I again, I didn't mean to. I know you had notes no. and thoughts and inspirations that you wanted to share. So I just, I just really wanted to touch on that while we had you. Mm-hmm. <clears throat> and um, so I'll kind of let you go where you would like to go next with it now. <laughs> I'll stop. I'll stop hijacking you. <laughs> oh no, no, I'm glad. You know, you, you asked me some things that you know help me review and regroup some things, and this is good. I'm getting good stuff out of it. You know, if I put this together in a cohesive form, they might call it a book or whatever, then part of that will come out. Um, I hadn't, you know, looked at it you know, specifically that way, but I think I will now as well as part of it. Yeah, it's a very oh, common thing. thing that's happening a lot to people is, is they're questioning, but they're feeling like it's wrong to question. And and uh, so, you know, as a counselor and a teacher now, it's a little frustrating because I see what's happened is they've just been manipulated with a motive of fear, like a fear-based manipulation so that they're afraid to explore anything outside that particular church's teaching. And so it's a little frustrating because, you know, free will is a big thing to the angelic realm mm-hmm. and to the all mm-hmm. in creation. And so so that's, I just wanted you to touch on that if you, you know. So, so carry on with wherever your notes are now, and I'll stay out of your... <laughs> Out of your track. That's good. Uh, one, uh, well, what you uh, brought up there is like people who are afraid of questioning. They're, 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 it's like that's a level of awakening where they're beginning to awaken to the fact that something isn't quite right, doesn't quite work, and that it might be a better way, but oh, I don't know, I don't know. Do, do I dare? Do I dare? And right. one thing I've learned is that it's kind of like the old example of you can lead a horse to water, can't make them drink. However, one thing I learned the hard way through experience is <laughs> you can lead a horse to water, you can lead somebody, and you know, they're there unconsciously, and here's the water. But if they have a fear of that water, that, oh, I don't know, I might bend over and kill myself, and you know, I might drown, I don't know. If they have fears of that, they won't bend over and drink, and they'll die of thirst, like dying of thirst at the edge of a river. Right. And what works, I found from my own practice, is the more that you know you point out you know the pain of what they're going through, uh, and then say then then here's the water, here are some possible solutions. You know if you're ready, you know if if that means if if it looks like it's something to work for you. If you and it's like they go they go at it again, usually come back again. They talk about them. They say, well, this is kind of like you're going through like your own little hell right here. And usually they say, well, yeah. Well, if you want mm-hmm. hell to end. <clears throat> Here's something that could help you. I mean, if you're ready for it, you know, but it's up to you. Okay. And every time I point it out to them, their pain of that 
awareness that, of, of that that pain that they're feeling, their 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 fear and their their pain level grows higher than their fear of trying that new change. <clears throat> and then they right. step over and they try it and they go, oh, this wasn't so bad after all, you know. And I think and too, what that, happens a lot of times is they're when people when people are manipulated and it's not that all churches and all religions and whatever manipulate people so we're not bashing whole big picture oh, no. <laughs> but many of them do manipulate kind of out of fear and what people what i see is that people feel like it has to be either or either they're a part of their church their religion whatever or they're looking outside for some some other something else they just don't know what but it's but you don't have to leave your core beliefs if they work for you you can just kind of open up the open up the top of the box and see some other things besides and so i think that's a lot of what we tend to do um as teachers and counselors is you know it's overcoming that people feeling like it has to be either or like i have to leave my religion to even explore and that's just not true in my experience anyway, you know, it can yeah, just I mean, be that you explore from those core foundations and then kind of kind of lift the top off and don't limit yourself and don't be limited by that fear base that's been given to you by somebody in a church that, you know, wanted to keep you in their congregation or whatever the case may be and allow yourself, because I have a lot of friends who are Christian and we have amazing conversations, and we come from completely different backgrounds, but mm-hmm. we're all saying the same thing, you know? And mm-hmm. so, but they don't have to leave their religion to talk to me about what I believe, and I don't have to leave my beliefs to talk to them about what they believe, because it's not a, if you really get down to, I believe anyway, if you really get down to truth, there are many paths to one truth, and it doesn't matter which path you walk, and you don't have to leave your path of comfort to get to the truth, you know? Yes, yeah, just being the difference between what we learn in some houses of worship or some ways of worship, as they say, that uh, is all about, how can I say, live and let live, or this is how you must live. And, you know, then there's the fear. If you don't live the way you're, you're supposed to live, here's what's going to happen to you. You're going to burn over here, and, and you're going to... And it's like, oh, the fear. And that's <laughs> in quite a few religions. That's, that's, not, just, that's not just Christianity. That's, uh, right. I've heard no, that from, yeah. you know, Muslims who are, we call the Al-Qaedists. And, you know, oh, my goodness, these people, you know, really know how to play the fear card. Right. The people who are able to see beyond that and realize that, you know, whether they can have that sense of spirituality with, you know, any religion. Um, uh, one little note is uh, I grew up with a lot of Catholic friends. And, you know, I went to a Catholic church and saw them doing their catechisms. And their catechisms, the way they did it, it was like, you know, the priest or nun or school, um, Sunday school teacher would, you know, make a, it would read uh, sort of like a statement and they would have a response, statement and response statement and response. They would get things down there and they would memorize them. But it was more than memorized. They would take them internally and these were things that they were supposed to remember that were the sense of their morality and all that. And uh, what I <laughs> found is that as we start to explore say like the, the limiting concepts that we've taken on, it's like understanding what our catechisms are. Oh, I can't do that. I can't, I can't do that. I can't be successful. Well, I can't be happy here. You know, it's like, how many catechisms have we learned, you know? And right. it's like that's one part of it. And I don't see that that's involved in the, the whole spiritual basic nature of us. I keep saying I can't. Then I realize I need to look beyond that and find out, wait a minute, what is it I'm telling myself I can't do? When does it happen? And who programs you, know, you to think the, that you can't? Where did that come right. from? Where did that come from? It usually came from somewhere mm-hmm. in our early childhood, generally, and we pick that up, or you know, we take it on with us. It's just that many people get to the point where 
they realize it doesn't work anymore, then they start looking around. They become aware that there's got to be something that works better. And that's when they look for, you know, people to aid them in clarifying their situation. That's what we do as counselors is and we help people to help themselves to clarify their situation so then they can make up their own mind. Because, I mean, in counseling, I've helped some people that, where they really start to open up and see their situation, and the solutions they come up with are completely different from anything I would have suggested, you know, what they can right. do about you know, making their life better. But they know how to apply it, which is really kind of a beautiful thing uh, when you see it. Uh, so, I mean, when people start to pull away from the inner manipulation, it's amazing how fast they grow. And, but not so everybody's ready to do that. how can you tell when... How, in your opinion, how can you tell when you're coming from a place of manipulation, whether it's you with that inner manipulation happening or how do you identify when there's manipulation going on outside yourself? How do you, what are the, in your opinion, what are some of the key tells, like you said, the tells, that mm-hmm. will let you know, hey, you know what, I'm being manipulated here and let me step out of the, out of the situation and figure out what I'm feeling. You know, the how do you know when that's comes, how do you know when that's happening? The one phrase is okay. Here we go. I'm writing down the notes. This is really good. <laughs> it's like we're down storm, to about 19 minutes. So okay, it's like a so storm you know. of emotions, or like you know, when our intellect is going round and round and round and round and round. The mental gymnastics is you know like. One person we know used to say, and our, our mind is just going wild, and our emotions are going wild on a certain thing, and it's going round and round and round and round. Then we know. Then I know that I'm hooked up in some kind of outer manipulation or some kind of inner, you know, limiting concept like inner manipulation that I'm not aware of. If it keeps me going round and round and round like that because my true feelings don't do that. So if I can get back to, you know, again, buffering myself, centering myself. We have spiritual cleansing techniques. You meditate, do things, doing deep breathing and refocus. And it's amazing how fast, you know, the intellect and the emotions just calm down. It's like like it calms down or it gets very distant. And then we can start to listen more to what our true feelings or what my true feelings are saying. And then take a look at it and I may probably get a whole different take on it. So that's one of the keys is when somebody is, something has me going round and round and round, I have that inner storm going on, boom, that's the moment so if, I realize, oops, if I've there's been drama, I've been So if there's drama in a situation drama. or you're feeling it's, it's that heavy drama or emotional, um, you're very emotional about something, then maybe it's time to step out and center yourself and figure Absolutely. out what's really going on inside you rather than being affected by the, the poop storm that's happening around you? <laughs> right, because one of the main things for people who are conscious manipulators, you can see this on a political level, we can talk about the Nazis and how different people did it, but the point is those people looked to get people into that round and round and round internal storm of emotions to build up their hatreds or build up whatever to get them to go off and do whatever they wanted to whomever they wanted to do it to. And, and that's, that's, that, that kind of stuff is very obvious on a cultural level. It's much less obvious when it's internal on, on what we can see, you know, seeing it inside of ourselves. But that's the whole thing of, am I lost in my emotions? Am I, do I have that inner, inner drama or storm going on? That's the main indication that somebody's gotten me. Something's gotten me. I've been gotten. I'm being played. Right, right there. <laughs> Bingo. Right. I'm being played. Okay, I'm on the line. Okay, where am I being pulled from? You know. <laughs> well, and Somebody's that's the thing me, is, you know? where is it coming from? That's the next step, right? Is exactly. okay now. Where is this coming from? That. That's the whole thing of once I realize I'm being played, is and I can get myself centered, then I can calmly sit down. I can use my intellect. Our intellect is a tool. It does what we tell it and what we direct it to do. And uh, it's a wonderful tool, but it can get, you know, off track. If I get centered again, and I can sit down and say, okay, I realize I got involved in this drama with this family member or whatever at work or in society or on the news or one thing or another. Again, what is it that just got me? You know, 
who is it, you know, where is it coming from? You know, where is it coming from? When does it happen? It might be a certain timing. Um, who is this coming from? And then there's like, you know, why is it coming from? In other words, what are their motives? What are, what are they getting out of it? You know? And uh, you can start to answer those questions at least, you know, what it is, who it's coming oh, from, go. where. And uh, <clears throat> if those things can, you can get some clear insight by getting centered and getting into your true feelings and the true inner core, then you can start to look for solutions. Okay, what can I replace this with? Or do I just need to release it, take a few deep breaths, and realize that when this comes again, I can replace it with a different thought pattern. If it's an internal thing, what is that thought pattern I'm going to replace it with? And that's a really important key is, in my experience, you've got to have you've got to create <coughs> something to replace it with so that you can just make that switch really quickly. And as you continue to make that switch, it really begins to shift it. But if you just try to stop it, then it, it or something like it just keeps coming back because like attracts like, we'll right? Yeah. Because what it is, when you put that affirmation or that other positive thought of, wait a minute, I, I can't do this, I, I can do this. I just look for a little solution, I can find another way of doing this one thing that's got me. And so I, I'll look for a solution and oh no, I can't, I realize I can, I just got to find the solution and eventually the solution will come. But uh, yes, if you don't have something to, you know, and the door is open, if you don't have something to close the door and keep it closed so you can move on you know, beyond that, things will come right back in again. It'll just be an open, open, open wound. Right. So what are some of the insights? Because I know you said, you know, you'd gotten a lot of insights on things. What are some of the things? We're down to about 13 minutes. So what are the, some of the things you really wanted to share with us? Well, let's see. Probably just kind of recap, I think. Uh, remembering that, uh, we, you know, pressure is a fact of life. Influence is a fact of life. We're going to have it pretty much 24 hours a day all our lives. Uh, pressure is a natural thing. You, you breathe in, you have the pressure to feel like you need to breathe out and back in again, you know. So uh, the point is pressure unrelieved becomes stress. Pressure unrelieved becomes stress. And after you, know, you don't relieve the stress, eventually it becomes pain and eventually becomes some sort of really big downfall or illness or a really horrible situation. So as soon as we start to feel the pressure of something coming at us is the time to start to take a look and pull back, take a few deep breaths, recenter ourselves and take a look at what are the facts of the situation and let our emotions just calm down and go aside. Because our emotions are a tool that we have um, that's kind of like our emotional reactions and they're, they're programmed. And they can drive us up, they can drive us down. So it's just a matter of if we're getting with the ones that are driving us you know, in a direction we don't want to go, we need to release those and let, let them go. And let, you know, what to replace them with. Again, once you get the facts, what are you going to replace it with? You know, with like an affirmation, one of the words actually in our head. So our intellect has uh, something to close the door with. Boom. Oh, we don't need that. That's right. That door is closed. That opening is closed. We've covered that with this new understanding and move forward. So when people learn affirmations, how to make an affirmation, that's one potential tool that's very, very useful. And it <coughs> takes a while for that to work. It, sometimes it works easily. Sometimes it takes days and weeks. But for some, the, the older the habit is, if it's an internal you know, limiting uh, thought and emotion. Um, It may take, if we picked it up a long time ago, it may take us a longer period of time to be able to, you know, reverse that. Um, Yeah, and uh, realizing that the open doors uh, for manipulators are emotions and intellect, but we're not, you know, aware of it. And the misdirection... Here's another thing that uh, magicians talk about a lot is misdirection. 
where somebody, you know, says, oh, look at what's happening over here with my right hand, but they don't see what's happening with your left hand. They go over and they take your pocket or one thing or another. Take pockets do that all the time. That's just simply incorrect. So do politicians. Politicians. (laughs) Absolutely. Yes. They get you looking at one big issue over here when really they're soaking, you know, some of their cohorts are soaking the government for money or power or whatever, setting up things behind you that you're not even seeing. Right. And uh, we could talk about that for hours, yes. <laughs> <laughs> well, you know, one. and it's it, that's a really, typically what I've seen and a lot of the people that, that I connect with on a personal level, that's that's one of the things is when there's some big blow up, like in anything, whether it's big business or religion or politics or health care, whatever it may be, when there's some big to-do being made, it's really kind of fun and informative to go, oh, you want me to look over there? Huh, okay, everybody else is looking over there, so I'm going to step back and look in every different direction and see what you really are not wanting me to look at. Yeah. Because almost every single time there's something that everybody's missing because they're so busy looking at whatever they've, they've decided to have you look at. And, it, I mean, for years we've done this. You know, and if you just step out of the craziness and go, oh, okay, you want me to look there? So I'm going to look, you know, in in every other aspect instead. Real quick, uh, with the current government or recent government shutdown, uh, we can talk about that. I don't want to talk about it politically, but manipulation-wise, here we had, it looks like it was a lot about the affordable health care bill and all that and tweaking that and whatever. But really what it was all about, the underlying thing, and all the main economists and economic uh, and financial ministers of different countries and groupings of countries are all saying the same thing. They're all saying, yeah, talk about your health care bill, but that's minor. Here is your real problem. Here is what you're really shut down about. Here is what you need to really take a look at. And they're screaming at us, but you won't see it unless you go to the financial trade magazines or online things. It's right. all about your government debt and how you're, you have a huge uh, deficit adding to it every single year, and you're not doing anything to go after the waste inside your own government. You've got to do it, got to do it, got to do it, got to do it. Because if you go down the tubes, you're going to take a lot of us with you because you're one of the big, you know, big players on the planet. And there's a lot of warnings like that. So that's kind of misdirection in a way, or people getting misdirected. You know, right. same, you know, it's really all about that health care bill. And there are a lot of things they're going to work with, but that's going to be over a period of years. They're going to be, you know, tweaking that or whatever they're going to do with it. But the other thing is much more, uh, well, how can I say it? It needs to be done a lot quicker. <laughs> right. So that that's the manipulation one, factor one, goes on on all different levels. And we all do oh, yeah. it in our lives, you know, even with, like, kids with their parents and parents with their kids and you know, we want people to see the best us. We want people to, you know what, look at how well I'm doing in school and don't look at the fact that I'm I'm a mess outside or look how well I'm doing this and don't look at this other thing or, you know, whatever it may be, we all kind of choose what we want people to look at in our lives and we kind of kind of shove under the carpet the stuff we don't want them to look at and so... I think, you know, as we begin to really begin to uh, be able to identify the manipulation on the grander scales, and politically it's a good way to start because it's so huge, you know, and then kind of after political comes religion, and then after religion comes, you know, big business maybe, and then after that comes more like society and marketing and that kind of thing, and then, you know, we can kind of... As we begin to identify it in a lot of different arenas, it becomes easier to identify in ourselves, I think. You know, and so it's just that too. identifying that exactly. makes a big difference. It's, yeah, that's what I'm going to be doing, I think, with the uh, thing I'm putting together is I may start <laughs> on a larger scale and then crank it back down to that personal scale because oftentimes I've found if I try to put that like that in counseling, people would put up their defenses quickly, but when they start right, exactly. working outside of themselves, it's a lot easier to start to see that it, you know, was out there, but now let's take a look at it on the inside here. Right. Oh, okay. Yeah, it kind of eases in on them. Jesus. 
here, here's a, <coughs> not to get off track, but here's a, here's a funny one, uh, kind of. Uh, I have a computer, like everybody does. I'm looking at the screen right now. And I went online and doing Facebook, and there's some thing with all these different wonderful, you know, pictures and posters. And I oh, good, I'll go on their site, and I was going to put that on there. After I did that, the whole thing slowed down to a crawl. And so, in other words, it was an open door for all kinds of other stuff. And I realized, you know, I don't know how to go out and do this. I've done all my antiviruses and everything. So I have a friend who I call my computer doctor. His name is Will Long, great guy. And one of the things he does, he's learned over the years, is become a computer geek. I call him Dr. Will. Well, I'm taking my computer up to Dr. Will today, and he's going to unmanipulate it. <laughs> nice. He's going to nice. get it unmanipulated because there are people who will get into your computer through a, what they call a Trojan horse. Uh, they use something that you might like, and they'll get in there, and open that opens the door as long as it's still on your computer, and they can go in they can take over basically your computer and your whole memory and use it for their purposes. Every time you go online, it's called being a, a clone computer, and they're using it for whatever they want to, and it slows down your computer. And they're using things your your computer to do things for them, and so I think that's what's happening because I can see the little lights on my, uh, you know, thing that your bandwidth comes through the router, right? Or, you know, going right. all over the place, but I'm not doing anything, so it's like right. not a good idea. So I'm going to take it up to Doctor Will, and he's going to help counsel my computer. And <laughs> there you go. <laughs> we're going to unconfuse it, you know. <laughs> I know Very it's being nice. manipulated. I just don't know how to go about doing it, but he does. Well, and you know, we have about three and a half minutes left. And so I just want to um, say, is there is there any input you have briefly about how can we use manipulation on ourselves to positively get us moving forward? Do you have any insight oh, on yeah. that? Did you, so just well, real briefly. Conscious, unconscious, conscious and unconscious. And one of the things we were talking about is getting yourself centered and picking, you know, for our intellect especially, affirmations that, you know, would help us to open the door to a more positive way of looking at things. And that's a tremendous, uh, and it sounds too easy and everybody does it and everybody talks about it, but it's very, very powerful. And it does, again, get our intellect focused to go in a certain direction and our emotions tend to try and follow that. Because the emotions kind of follow the lead of the intellect. And so it's really taking charge of and manipulating our intellect to get it to do what we need it to do. So centering, you know, however you're going to do that, cleansing, meditation, deep breathing, and refocusing inwardly. Right. And get really well, you know, back in my true feelings and then reprogram those things and keep on going. I'm, it's too easy, but it, it does work <laughs> and, you know, it's simple. Well, and if somebody is going to manipulate us, it might as well be us manipulating us in a positive manner. And the way you know, we want, we know is going to build us a better right. life. Yeah, there you a go. A conscious Absolutely. manipulation forward and in a positive manner in the direction that we want to go. So on that yeah. note, I think we'll probably just about finish up. Um, I want to thank you very much for coming on. Yeah. And I had a little a little that. message from somebody who has listened to all of your shows, and they said they think this is your oh. best one yet. They're super happy you were here. Oh, and okay. um, <clears throat> I do want to also – you know, encourage people to go check out every show we talk about it, but I hope you guys are actually checking it out and trying them. Um, HolisticNaturalsCO.com. Holistic Naturals is a line of supplements, and then there's also the cookbook, Eat Conscious and Be Merry, from our our friend Spring Peony, um, Spring Rain Peony to some some people who have known her a long time. Um, it's it's an amazing line that she put together while she was going through some life-threatening illnesses and she managed to heal herself with the help of her alternative um, healer also giving her some suggestions. But holisticnaturalco.com, very powerful supplements. The cookbook is amazing. If you're trying to do gluten-free, it's super simple. Um, also, sacredlightofsedona.com, check it out. That's the center I work through. If you guys are going to be in Sedona, stop by and say hello sacredlightofsedona.com. There's a video that does a little tour and everything of the updated center. And uh, we also are offering phone readings. So you can give us a call and make an appointment for a phone reading with me or Jessica. And uh, hopefully soon we'll have Robert doing some counselings again and and we're just going to yank him back on into this uh, spiritual path that he's so good at. (laughs) 
So thank you so much for joining us, Robert. I really appreciate you contributing and, and sharing your insights with us. And hopefully you'll join us again. Yeah, sometimes. I surely will. Oh, and, and your friend Spring, she's dealing with manipulation and unmanipulation of your physical health. There you go. Yes, indeed. So build a yes, better indeed. life. <laughs> all right. Life. Well, all about. we you. are down to just a few seconds, so I'm going to wish everybody a wonderful day, and we will see you here tomorrow. Hit follow on Blog Talk Radio to follow me, and please, please send me suggestions for topics because I'm running out of stuff to talk about, you guys. So. Everybody have a fabulous day. Robert, thank you, and we will see you all again tomorrow. Bye, everybody. With Lucky Land Plus, you can get lucky just about anywhere. This is your captain speaking. Uh, We've got clear runway and the weather's fine, but we're just going to circle up here a while and uh, get lucky. No, no, nothing like that. It's just these cash prizes add up quick. So I suggest you sit back, keep your tray table upright, and start getting lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandsLots.com. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void where prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details.